Armstrong and Getty. Why are you here today? We choose truth over facts. I, I don't understand what you're saying. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. All right, go, go. Spare us the theatrics. Behave yourself. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. It doesn't take much to be electrocuted fatally. The molten coin will start flying in all directions and is propelled from the outlet. It's kind of a violent act. Social media is what elevates it. If anything nearby that was uh, easily combustible, like paper, a book, or a box, or even the clothing that the student was wearing, could have easily been ignited by that spark. Just because someone got away with it on video, and who knows if the video wasn't even touched up, doesn't mean that you'll get away with it. You know, you ask the question as a building principal, why would you do something like this? And, you know, got the simple answer, and I thought it'd be kind of fun. It's the latest YouTube challenge that has killed and injured thousands of children across the neighborhoods. We assume it's thousands. The outlet challenge? What, how does it work? Yeah, what, what do you, you do exactly? You take a coin and you put it um, into the electrical outlet and you try and get the spark. Okay. Oh, so God. they they tried to do it and, of course, they caught something on fire doing it. So Fantastic. That's the new challenge for kids. Is it? See, none of these things are actually the new challenge for kids. They're, they're not uh, eating Tide Pods or dying, choking on cinnamon or any of these things that the and, news media tells us. Is. Uh, yeah, I, you know, kids who are gobbling down Tide Pods, they're probably being handed those pods by Charles Darwin. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm not talking about little kids. Keep anything toxic away from little kids. They don't know better. But if your 17-year-old is gobbling <laughs> Tide Pods, that is evolution sending a message. And I'm sorry to be so frank. Yeah, that reminds me. God, you know what? And listen, a certain percentage of the audience just recoiled from me saying that. We need to get back to more of that. Just people, just, oh, we've gotten so soft. We've gotten so... Never, never tell anybody they're responsible for themselves or they need to make good decisions. That's just, that's too judgmental. Everybody just needs a hand from the government. Stop it. If you eat detergent, it's going to make you sick. Whoa. Whoa. So some kid at my son's school had my son. Kid, child, not like college kid. Child. Another fourth grader. Okay. Had my son look at something on the internet. Oh, boy. That had him crying and unable to go to sleep oh, no. all weekend long. And, oh, and we still no. don't exactly know what it was because he doesn't want to talk about it. <sighs> and, you know, well, you know the internet. It could be freaking anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And, 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 the array of possibilities oh, is yeah. sickening. And, and, and as he's calmed down enough to talk to him about it, because we couldn't at the time, um, cause he was, he was acting kind of weird on Friday. And then he just, he just like fell apart on Friday night. And then, um, he told us what had happened. And, and then when he was able to calm down, I told him, I said, and so now you know what I'm talking about. Cause I've been telling them for a long time. And they talk about why can't we go on Google? Why can't we go on YouTube? Why can't we look at everyone? I say, there are things on there. That you can see that you'll never be able to forget. You'll never forget them in your life that are that are horrifying, that are out there on the internet. And you just you just gotta believe me that that's true. Mm-hmm. And he now does believe me. There are things I wish I had never seen. Oh yeah, yeah. I wish I'd never seen them. And as I stay, an adult, yeah, exactly. And I stay away from because I don't think there's any upside. I know some of you uh, believe in the whole, you know, I want to be exposed to everything or whatever, um, or I can handle it or whatever. I don't see the upside to being exposed to everything. And, and actually, 
well, it's pretty well known. Ask the people that work for Facebook and for a living are exposed to everything. Right. They quit their jobs, kill themselves, and become drug addicts. Right. By being exposed to everything. It's I just, damaging. I don't see the upside to it. Yeah, ask cops who have to go to crime scenes. They're not benefiting from that. It's costing them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk, talk to cops whose job is, you know, uh, dealing with child porn and stuff like that. Yeah. If, and, 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 and so to anybody would think, um, you know, your kid needs to toughen up or whatever. Cops, grown-ups who do this thing for a living, who end up killing themselves or, or becoming opioid addicts because they can't handle all this stuff. You have your child who has no vision of the possibilities of awfulness that exists in the world, and all of a sudden they see some of it. Yeah, that'll make an impact on you. Well, and, and one of the... And, I, and my ultimate point is there's no way to keep your kid from running into this stuff. Right, just, which just is isn't. just so scary to it me. Is. I oh, just, it's horrifying. You know, I miss terribly my, my kids being kids because I loved being a dad of a house full of kids more than I could tell you. But um, I am kind of grateful that they missed this. Oh, yeah. Just it's, by a few years, my kids are, you know, my youngest is 20. And every generation, probably since uh, since the wheel was invented, is thought, you know, it's harder raising kids now because now that the fire's been invented, they didn't have fire when I was a kid. And <laughs> now you got to worry about your kid playing with fire, and it's a whole different thing. Yes. But this is something different. The fact that kids can be exposed to all of the worst stuff in the world if there's one third grader that has a smartphone. Right. Right. And brings it to school and has the, the cell phone plan. They can, at, at lunch hour or, or after school, see the most awful stuff that exists. Right. Well, and, and adults, especially adults who have to deal with grim-ish stuff on a regular basis, whether you're, you know, you work in an emergency room or you're a cop or, or, you know, you're in the news business, for instance, you get good at compartmentalizing. It's a skill of, oh, that's sickening. Get it out of my mind. Get it out of my mind. I have to deal with it, but I, I, I'm not going to internalize it. Kids don't have that, man. No. It goes right to their soul. Sure. And, uh, yikes. That's so terrible. Oh, it is. Oh, it man. is. And it's, and it's, and part of the reason it was so troubling is like, there, there's no eliminating this from happening. It's going to happen more and more and more. Next year, there'll be more kids with smartphones. Yeah, who and, want to shock and amaze yeah. their peers. And then and soon he'll be at somebody's house, and they've got access to do whatever they want, and the and the inclination to want to figure it out. and just Yeah. Yeah. That's a, oh, that's man. That's, you know, I just, and, and I'm sure you'll deal with it in a, a fine and great way, but, you know, if you ever do get a chance to talk specifics with them or at least figure out, you know, the area, maybe you can give them a little perspective, yeah. which would help, because kids don't have perspective. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. We have to get to this. Uh, Would you call it Affairs of the Heart? Yes. This is from a subreddit. This sort of thing, Jack, this hasn't stopped during the pandemic. We're still finding love and losing it. That's true. Uh, This is from a subreddit. I don't know what that is. You said it's... People who think they can go on message boards and get good advice. <laughs> yeah, well, Reddit is a is a message board thing. Each individual category is its own subreddit. So there's the relationship and, and, and subreddit. Why you would ask the randos in the middle of the night who are doing nothing else but reading these for advice on your relationships? Uh, I supposedly some people find it soothing or helpful. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're your people. Uh, I know this sounds really weird, but here it is, she says. My boyfriend and I, and they're both in their late 20s. My boyfriend and I have been together for three years. 
We met and started dating when we were both in graduate school, but I dropped out to go back to college to pursue a different career. We're both finished now and live together, making a fairly nice combined income. There you go. Our income is relevant because we can afford to eat somewhere nice when we're out and about, but he always wants breakfast food. You know, I think I need to set up what's going to happen here so you can enjoy the background better. Okay. Every time they go to the Waffle House to eat, he gets in a fight with the cook. (laughs) Okay. Knowing that, hearing this story about they both went to graduate school, they make a decent income, they sound like normal, successful people. As she said, our income is relevant because we can afford to eat somewhere nice when we're out and about, but he always wants breakfast food. When he was a child, his dad couldn't stand eating breakfast-type food in the afternoon or evenings, so his mom would make him waffles slash pancakes, eggs, and bacon in the evening whenever his dad was busy or out of town. It's a wonderful and safe memory for him, and when he goes... To his happy place. He says that's where he always goes. How interesting. Okay. My boyfriend is an incredibly nice and caring person. He's emotionally tuned in to everyone and recognizes arising issues a long time before they occur. He loves animals and is kind and gentle with every bug, bird, and pet that he comes across. The the inevitable. He's a wonderful guy before the butt. (laughs) He's he's more than wonderful. He's nice to every bug he comes across. (laughs) Right. He anticipates problems before they occur. This is why I felt it was important to set up where we're headed with this so you can take this in at the time and scratch your head. Okay. This is the guy that gets in a fight with the cook every time he goes to the Waffle House. He won't kill a bug. He almost is, all, almost is always willing to turn the other cheek in social situations where somebody tries to insult him or get aggressive towards him, and usually winds up diffusing the situation and having a productive discussion about whatever the issue was. Freaking Gandhi over here. Except at Waffle House. <laughs> Anytime we're out, he wants to go to the goddamn Waffle House. Her word's not mine. I wow, don't appreciate hey, that yeah, kind of talk. Indeed. Yeah, careful now. This many, is an issue that already exists that apparently he didn't recognize. How, how many <laughs> How many people uh, are familiar with the Waffle House vibe? I think if they have not experienced it personally, it's enough of a, it's a part of America Americana. They get it. I like me a Waffle House. I do. It is casual dining, folks. If you're not very casual, like shirts are requested. <laughs> Sobriety is occasionally observed. Anytime we're out, he wants to go to the same GD Waffle House and get breakfast food. I'm not a big eater, so I usually don't care. I would just drink coffee and read my book while he enjoyed his food. But that became impossible once he and this one cook started chirping at each other every time we went there. Oh, boy. Boyfriend complained about his eggs one time because he likes them a little runny and they were served hard. The cook responded by giving him scrambled eggs. <laughs> when he brought it up again, the cook served him two hard-boiled eggs. I think it was just part of the cook's shtick. And it was kind of funny, but my boyfriend wasn't able to laugh it off. <laughs> when we left, he was in kind of a bad mood, but we didn't really talk about it. The next week, we were... <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right. I like He's doing a Marx Brothers send him back. Scrambled and then two hard boiled. Just a plate with two <laughs> eggs on it. Wow. <laughs> reminder, sir, you're at a Waffle House. I, yeah, I think what the cook is saying, you're eating at a Waffle House. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you paying for this meal there, Jocko? The next week we were out getting some shopping done and he wanted to go to the Waffle House again. I suggested we try out a different place or at least a different Waffle House location. <laughs> but he only wanted the same Waffle House. Oh, boy. We went in and sat down and once again the same cook served his eggs wrong. My boyfriend sort of snapped at him that he wasn't interested in messing around and just wanted to some correct eggs. 
The cook then served him a piece of toast with a hole cut out of the middle with a fried egg in it. My boyfriend got really mad and threw the egg toast at the cook. Oh, boy. Which made the cook come around from behind the bar and throw it back at him. Oh, boy. They ended up sort of wrestling slash fighting until my boyfriend was like, this is BS, and walked out. It, what do you mean? It's BS. <laughs> which part? <laughs> yeah. Nobody got hurt, but a few other people in there were watching and laughing a bit. Uh, I can't tell you how many fights I've seen in Waffle Houses. Quite a few. People screaming at each other, chucking food and wrestling a bit is not unusual. Oh, no. Uh, this is the crazy part. My boyfriend keeps going back and ordering eggs and getting into fist fights with the same cook. It's almost a ritual at this point. My boyfriend my boyfriend orders runny eggs. The cook serves him some other version of eggs. And then they fight. And then they beat the S out of each other. I quit going with him after the second fight, but he kept going by himself. They're like Peter and the giant chicken from Family Guy. It's the weirdest thing. They've physically fought like six or seven times over this. Oh, boy. All right. I'm starting to wonder whether she's pulling my ham hock with this. I've tried to talk to him about it a few times, but he keeps saying it's a matter of principle. I've told him to talk to the manager or something like that, but he just waves me off. <laughs> no, I just want to best him in fisticuffs. <laughs> Apparently that cook hasn't yet made him the correct runny eggs, but he it's like he spends one week learning new ways of preparing eggs to piss my boyfriend <laughs> off. The thing is, we're getting married this summer. Oh, boy. He's accepted a job in a new city, and it'll be easy for me to find work after the wedding, so we'll be moving away. From from his sworn enemy, Waffle House guy. He hasn't been out since quarantine started, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's the first place he goes and the restaurants open back up for sitting customers. But my main worry is that this strange, vindictive side of him that I've never seen before that leads him to fight the same guy every week. The violence itself is an issue for me, uh, is an issue for me, but the obsession over it almost bothers me more. Should I yes. be, Should I be worried about this side of him and it will come out later in our marriage? <laughs> How do I get him to open up about this? Is this a type of obsession, a choice, or is it indicative of something deeper? How were most of the answers to this question, Sean? Oh, I didn't. I didn't delve that deeply in. That is a truly unique kind of nuts. Every time I think I have a reasonable grasp of the different kinds of crazy that exist in humanity, they come up with a new one. I don't think that's BS either. The way it's written... It just doesn't, to me, it doesn't have the flavor of it being BS. I just like the cook every week learning, all right, how do I make uh, eggs Benedict for this guy when he comes back? <laughs> and, and, and runny eggs guy, what is his purpose in going back repeatedly to take the abuse? It's about the principle he said. And then throw dogs. Well, here's how you punish them. Don't go anymore. <laughs> That's 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 crazy. Do you think that these guys are actually friends and deep down this is just something they like to do? It's, like it's, art. it's Fight Club. Um it's Fight Club. All right, I'm I'm trying to take this seriously. Does And again, fighting at a Waffle House is not like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this happened." No. No. Can yeah, we... I wouldn't even look up from my meal. If people are rolling around <laughs> as over. As long as the... they didn't like smash into my table and and yeah. end up fighting on top of it. Um, is, uh, I'm gonna call him Ronnie Eggs. Um, does, does, is Ronnie Eggs acting out because he sees his father's quashing of breakfast oh. in the cook? Oh, uh, yeah, it's He's be acting out a daddy issue. Maybe that's why so many strippers go to the Waffle House. It's similar daddy issues. 
<laughs> somehow it's tied to ham. I don't know. The Waffle House, I'm looking at some of the responses on Twitter. The Waffle House is his mom. His fiance is about to move with him with him when they get married, and she's worried he'll go back to his mom down the road. Hmm. And the cook uh, is dad? And then somebody else said, I think he's going to leave the girlfriend for the cook. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's one of those I don't want to admit I'm right. Yeah. Anybody else? One day they're uh, they're they're scruffling and, and they, then oh accidentally kiss. Accidentally and then, kiss. Whoopsie. Exactly. Anybody wow. else stop short at I read my book? Yeah, that one kind of struck me too. You sit in the Waffle House reading while he's eating his eggs. Yeah, why, why don't you engage him in conversation? Maybe that would temper his rage. His yoke rage. <laughs> like we all know, the Waffle House is a liminal space where the laws of man and God are a mere suggestion. <laughs> Now that's a comment. <laughs> the laws of man and God are a mere suggestion. <laughs> that is funny. God, I love Twitter. Oh, boy. Uh, it's much easier to fight a Waffle House cook into changing than it is to accept your grief that your father was never the dad you needed him to be. Okay. Or how about you just don't worry about it? <laughs> just eat your eggs, man. Here's here's how you deal with your psychological problems. Forget them. <laughs> oh, my God. That's really good stuff. Yeah, that's something. The I awful me- house. I, mm. I immediately thought this cannot possibly be real, but then I remembered Jacksonville exists. <laughs> what? I guess that's a Florida guy comment. What? Yeah. I resent that on behalf of Jacksonvillians everywhere. Dudes be rocking the Waffle House. My, my, my brother's uh, wife's family. God, Fine that's funny. folks. Where the rules of God and man don't exist. Or merely a suggestion. That wow. Really funny. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. So here's something cool. Google Glass kind of came and went. Or I don't know if it didn't work or people thought they looked bad or what it was. But yes. Um, how about a smart contact lens that does a lot of the same sort of stuff and it's getting really close to reality. Like it's going to be coming out soon. Uh, someday when you walk down the street, a user inter- interface will appear like a floating screen in front of you and you might see your heart rate, your glucose reading, whatever you oh, set, that's all I need. Whatever you set it for. I I don't need to see my heart rate all day long. I needed that glucose thing last night as I was shoveling Delaney's ice cream into my mouth. I don't need that information all the time. Hey-ya-ya. Perhaps a weather forecast. You know what the glucose thing would be good. The more I think about it, I've allowed myself to get too fat a handful of times in my life. And I think it was the last time but any time I get a little fat the doctor says, you know, I do the I do the the, the blood work a couple of times a year or whatever. Uh, and the doctor said, hey, your uh, your blood glucose is too high. You're you're not in Diabetesville, but you're on the road. And, and it's really uh, hit me. It sobered me. It's made me want to cut down. and I've lost weight. I think if people understood that measure and knew they were getting there, I think that might be really useful. Like on a moment-by-moment basis? I mean, my heart rate and blood pressure now goes up and down and up and down. But like on a moment-by-moment, like you're at a restaurant and you're you're looking at your glucose number and you think, ah, I'll pass on the dessert. I'm pretty high already. Like, you think people would start doing that? (laughs) No. (laughs) Or 
I'm You're young. Shut up. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I think, if we as a society, if if, if you know the, the medical associations or whatever ran these public service announcements commercials that said, if you ever see a 108. Be careful, you're heading toward diabetes. You know, I mean, we really established that. I think I'm with Sean on this. I think it would go back to, it would be um, uh, be similar to what we were talking about last hour, where people in the top quintile get another decade of active life than people in the bottom quintile of uh, finances. And then we're trying to figure out what other things fit in there, education, lifestyle, all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. the sort of person that would have the glucose reading in front of them, yeah, they probably are going to do the right thing. The person that 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 isn't going to do the right thing is going to turn that off. They're not going to have that on their screen. Jack, if I aren't. can save a single person, that's enough for me. But they're going to—they're not going to look at it. Yes, they are. The person I'm <laughs> thinking make of them, did. You're looking at a. You're, you're, By definition, the person I've saved looked at it. You're going to have a government program. We have to have the leave the, leave the glucose. You know that'd be the future. That's the future. No, no, no. I that didn't say that. That would be the future. That would be the future. Though you get Bernie care, you get government health care. That will be the future. If we're all paying for each other, right? We all supervise each other. It's mandatory that you have that number in front of you all the time. But anyway, <laughs> circle of trust or something they they said in the Chernobyl movie when they were. Describing communism. Sounds... Oh, no, that's not a person trailing you. We are all just making sure that we are all on the same team. That's oh, pretty good. That sounds nice. Yeah, good. That's a good thing. We're, yeah, we're, Bernie, I'll bet you think it's good. You're communist! We've sidetracked this conversation, though, about this wonder of technology, because you don't have to have a glucose reading in front of you. Oh, um, sorry. You walk down the street, and you got a screen that floats in front of you, and you might have your health statistics. You might have the weather forecast. You might have a map in front of you. Oh, I turn here. That's the stores over there. Mm. Maybe the We've talked about this before. Maybe the name and title of the person you're about to run into. See, that's Jim my favorite Smith. thing ever. President of marketing for this company. You had lunch with him last month. Right, Jim! you could throw notes. Yeah, there are, there are also industry specific things that these can be used for. One of the demos that the company putting this out uh, gave to these reporters uh, was targeting a very specific set of customers: firefighters. I saw a floor plan of the burning building I just entered. Wow! Yellow lines began to form outlines of tables and chairs within the smoky room. Graphical symbols marked the locations of other firefighters, even when they were separated by me from a, by a wall. Uh, numbers at the top of my view showed my oxygen tank level, communication signal strength, and other data. Oh, an that's alert, strong, man. An alert began flashing, instructing me to get out of the structure. Yeah. and That's all, fabulous. All kinds of occupations obviously could have that. Surgeons, firefighters, cops, all kinds of different stuff. I tell you what, I did a training exercise with firefighters once years and years ago, and it was uh, the whole point of the exercise was... Um, uh, staying disciplined, staying together in a smoky room where, where visibility was very low and how to deal with it and that sort of thing. And it was terrifying. Yeah. It was terrifying. So, uh, yeah, I, I love that idea. So, anyway, this is called the Mojo. I mean, you, uh, I'm sorry. I, I should explain. My, you couldn't see anything. It. You couldn't see anything. You knew there was fire. Even though it was a training exercise bearing down on you, there's a fair amount of violence in hauling the hose and and dealing with what fires. So you get jostled around a lot. So you're disoriented in the dark and you might get cooked. So, yes, it's nice to have that data. I think that's a great idea. So this is called the Mojo Lens, billed as the world's first true smart contact lens. And, you know, we've gone through just a, a tiny number of the ways that it could possibly be used. And uh, DARPA's hugely interested in it. Imagine oh, for well, military man. people yeah, how great that could be. There's still a prototype under development. They did a big demonstration at the CES in Vegas last week. 
to show that it does work. You 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 move around some of the stuff uh, with the just little eye movements, I guess, is the way you control the screen to a certain extent. But that would take some practice, it sounds like. But I, I've been yeah, saying, can you imagine if guys? Um, I'm picturing like an infantry uh, squad had a little readout of where all their guys were. I mean, how incredibly handy and life-saving would that be? Of course, most of us will be playing some sort of stupid video game with it or watching porn. Yes. That's what it'll get used for, Clearly. mostly. Or some sort of pornographic video game. You're um, in a long meeting at work, and uh, you're just watching porn as you stare right at your boss, and your boss has no idea. Yeah. Um, uh, the minute this is developed, though, the Ruskies, the Chinese, the North Koreans, they're going to start trying to hack it. Hack into your iris. Oh, Lord. Um, I have been saying for years that I think in the, in the near future, we'll all be wearing some sort of glasses or helmet or something like that. No, nah, it's going to be just a contact lens. Yeah. Less, much less obtrusive. And I think that'll happen. We'll have something in our ears and something in our eyes. It's like we need more stimulation and, and, you know, moment by moment, anything. But I think that's just the way it's going to be. Everything we need to hear and see is going to be right there in our head. Of course, you know, that's the uh, interim period before the chip in the brain. It, we are I mean, why why do I need to pipe something into my ears and vibrate my tympanic membrane when I could just have it straight into my cerebellum? Mm-hmm. I'm not the first one to or come cerebrum up. or hypothalamus or something or other. I don't know. I took that class a long time ago. It's not my theory, but I'm a an increasing believer in the we are a technological butterfly. We we are we are caterpillars wrapping ourselves in technology in ways that will impact us that we don't yet comprehend. Oh, I'm sure we and don't. The end game is some sort of machine hybrid computer you know computer lenses for eyes sort of yeah I, the I, end game is the dinosaurs taking over again yes. because we're going to kill ourselves may, may, may i take you back to monday's show in which i read from the 1998 wired magazine all the great things that were going to happen when the internet really got up and going the end of partisanship in politics right. and <laughs> facts rule the day no more you know nonsense and all that sort of stuff so unintended consequence so we're just explaining all these great things that will come out of having yeah. these contact lenses mostly peace love and understanding <laughs> who knows who knows yeah. people be, half of people have committed suicide because you can't stand that much input in front of in front of your eyeballs all the time well what are you going to do the good folks at google are taking a very close look at the mass suicides in america but uh, blah 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 anyway it'll be exciting i hope it happens in my lifetime armstrong and getty you're listening to the best of the armstrong and getty show armstrong and getty this is the best of armstrong and getty our interdependence with china economically is a topic we brought up a number of times and it's it's a troubling roadmap ahead because we are addicted to a large extent to Chinese manufacturing, the Chinese market to sell our goods, the rest of it. And it is a loathsome and backward communist regime. And to get involved with uh, another party that's got that many problems. I mean, it's like your your new boyfriend is, well, he's, he's a great guy. He's got a good job. He's, he's certainly hot. He's a tweaker. Uh, he's a compulsive shoplifter, and he's accused of attempting to kill his mother. All his Other, credit cards are maxed out. Right, but but we have a great relationship, and he's so sweet. That's China. There are so many danger signs in our relationship with them. And it is my opinion, and as it turns out, Tucker Carlson's, that we have, for the purpose of costs and profits and the rest of it, given away some critical um, areas of our economy, particularly our manufacturing capacity to China. 
And uh, it's become especially clear in terms of medicine and medical equipment. And uh, Tucker was talking about that last night. Now, it's also the time to start looking ahead to the future. Think about what it would mean to face a deadlier version of coronavirus. It's not unimaginable. It's very easy to imagine. Are we ready for that? We're not ready now. We ought to be. One of the first things we can do to prepare ourselves is break our dependence on China for essential medical supplies. Last week, China's official news service published a piece gloating that the country has brought coronavirus under control. The story claims the rest of the world should apologize to China for criticizing the country over the virus and then drops this not very subtle warning, quote, if China retaliates against the United States at this time, in addition to announcing a travel ban on the United States, it will also announce strategic control over medical products and ban exports to the United States. If China announces that its drugs are for domestic use and bans exports, the United States will fall into the hell of a new coronavirus epidemic, unquote. Can you pause that? And and he brings up a number of medicines a little later in the report, including uh, hypertension, high blood pressure medicine that I take that's manufactured in China. I know because it's been recalled three times in the last year, year and a half for manufacturing imperfections and and contamination, allegedly. Um, And let's not let go past what the Chinese communist government said. Y'all keep giving us a hard time. We'll announce that all the medicines manufactured here are for here, and you're not going to get any of them. Now, that, my friends, is a threat. People are are, are moaning and, and crying out, especially on the lefty media, about, you know, a 20% tariff on some, you know, bull crap. They're going to embargo all the medication. How long would it take us to ramp back up again? I can't even imagine. Let's roll on a little more threatening to kill us. And that's not an empty threat. We really are that dependent on China for masks and medical equipment, for basic medicines, for pharmaceuticals of all kinds. It is shocking to wake up one morning and find ourselves in this supine position, dependent on a country that hates us. The people who did it, who made us this dependent on a hostile foreign power, deserve to be punished for what they did. That won't happen, probably. But at least we can try to fix the damage they caused, and there's a lot of it. The Chinese coronavirus will get worse. Its effects will be far more disruptive than they are right now. That is not a guess. It is inevitable no matter what they're telling you. Let's hope everyone stops lying about that and soon. Well, I'm Interestingly not, enough, go ahead, I'm sir. not worried about the coronavirus. I am worried about the relationship with China, though. That is yeah, a Tucker's major problem. Yeah, Tucker's been super alarmist on the coronavirus for whatever reason. Um, and I don't think anybody needs to be punished. It was the, the faulty theory of uh, several decades that, listen, if we help China liberalize economically, they will liberalize politically speaking, and it'll usher in a grand and glorious era of cooperation and the rest of it. Turns it out, didn't happen. Turns out what you get is a rich Soviet Union. Right, exactly. So putting that part aside, though, I think we as a country, it is unquestionably a national security issue that we retain capacity to manufacture our critical medical materials. I don't think there's any question of it. And call it naivete or, or, or greed or whatever that got us to export that capacity to the evil Chinese regime. I mean, whatever it was, it was a bad idea and we ought to be seeking to rectify it. I think, and, and, you know, I haven't thought a lot about what mechanism it would require, what departments it would go through but one could easily make the argument that the united states military should have 100 percent self-sufficiency in terms of medical equipment supplies and drugs and at that point 
we could certainly talk about the American people ought to be self-sufficient. I think it's a conversation that needs to be had. Yeah. Um, most days, I was just thinking about it. I was going through what I've got on my body. M- most days, many days, everything I'm wearing is made in China. Every single thing I've got on my body is made in China a lot of days. Mm. Now, that's not crucial like medicine, but then you got the the... the 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 weird moral thing of so we're cool with getting slightly cheaper socks and underwears because it was made by slave labor. Yep. I thought we had a real problem with slavery in this country. Yeah, there's, there's a huge amount of slave and prisoner labor in China. And the prisoner labor is labor is slave labor. Yeah. Sl- slavery is still going on in China and it's allowing me to have cheaper socks. Are we okay with that? Apparently, you we gotta are. lower your ideals of freedom if you want to suck on the warm teat of China. It's well said, Michael. I think we need transition music. My son turned ten over the weekend, which I find it. Oh, I, happy I know, birthday! Sam. I know whether you're a parent of a. Uh, you, you, you're saying this about your one-year-old, your twenty-one-year-old, or your fifty-one-year-old. As a parent, you say, I can't believe my kid is blank. Right. Um, it's just the way it is. You said uh, 10, right? Yeah. 10 double digits, and uh, which he's very excited about. And I'm expecting... Why, Michael? What are you, with the Census Bureau or what? Oh, no, I just I remember... Tell the story. Why are you grilling him? I just remember the first day. Uh, that's all. I know. It goes by oh, yeah. fast, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, my um, God, yeah. And, uh, duh, duh, duh. Oh, and I'm expecting a lot more out of him. I keep telling him, now that you're 10... <laughs> this isn't gonna fly. Um, oh boy! But so for his birthday on Saturday, we went to uh, Laser X and bowling. Laser X is oh, that's a big day. Yeah, it's all in one place, and you run around and shoot each other with a. I'd never done that before. That is something. Doesn't that encourage militarism? I, I don't worry about militarism, but though with the in the whole school shooting environment, that just there's there's something weird about uh. chasing people around with a gun. Yeah, and hiding and it's just you know that must be I've I've lived in a soft part of the country for too long that it even pops into my mind. Yeah, because uh, Midwest Kansas Jack wouldn't have thought. I'm not sure this is a good thing right now. Did the um, kids seem to enjoy no, it? The kids just love it. Okay. It's just nothing but flipping fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so Plus we did that. bowling. Oh, but I hadn't bowled in, and this happens as you get older. Well, I went for my birthday a couple weeks ago. I went and got a, a basketball goal so I could shoot baskets. And I realized as I was shooting my first basket, I don't think I had had a basketball in my hand, shot it toward a hoop in certainly decades. Wow. And uh, time can go by. And I was thinking that with the bowling ball in my hand the other day. How long since I've bowled? <laughs> I know. 20 years, maybe? I know. Been a long time since I bowled, and it's changed a lot in the 20 years. Bowling has? Yeah, well, the, Don't you hurl the ball at the pins? That part hasn't changed. The shoes are way different now. Mm-hmm. Bowling shoes have changed a tremendous amount. Really? I think they're worse, but, they're, uh, but they've changed. They're a Velcro sort of thingy, and they tried to make them look cooler, I guess. but um, Cooler than they used to look? And then the, the two-tone uh, with the number on the heel? And I hadn't bowled, I that? hadn't bowled since I got the super fancy computerized scoring thingy. Oh, now that's that is cool. Yeah. so cool. You take a, it takes a picture of your face and then after every ball, there's a funny like, jib jab video of oh, you really? doing all kinds of wacky stuff and my kids were just cracking up. Oh, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. And so they, they have all of you doing all these wacky things on, up on the screen while wow. they're resetting the pins. The, the amount of entertainment with bowling now is. 
way more than when I was a kid. I was telling my son, we had paper and a pencil. You had to do it yourself. There was math involved. And your dad <laughs> would teach you how. No, son, no, it's a spare. So it's 10 plus the first ball <laughs> on the next frame. So I told him you went bowling. It was like an afternoon of math homework. Right. <laughs> and certainly there were no fun videos or anything. But man, well, we had so a good smart time. by the world of bowling, though. Yeah. Because, you know, uh, alone, the game itself could seem a little anachronistic, a little old-timey, but that's super smart. Yeah, I bowl. I'll bet that's what they talk about all day long at your your bowling industry conventions. I did win, so as I'm also the fastest person in my family, I was the number one bowler. I bowled a, rolled a sweet 120. Oh, <laughs> way, to, way to dominate children. It's really knocking them down. <laughs> really impressive. You that's know, there's a guy next to me in the bowling alley. Um, and he showed up, and he's got it on his uh, cart he's pulling with his own balls and, like, hand g- g- glove thingy and all this, uh, wow. his own shoes, and I thought, this guy's going to be good. And yeah. he had unbelievable forming, but he pulled a 140. Mm. So, eh, it's a tough game. It's Challenging. A, I don't know. I've, 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 I've bowled a lot, and I've bowled, like, once every decade, and my score stays the same. Well, as I've <laughs> said before, uh, this is my one comment on bowling. 12-year-old Joe and 30-year-old <laughs> Joe and present Joe. Could all bowl, and we would tie. <laughs> and and there was a time in my life I tried hard to improve, right. and I just never could. So, on the other hand, one day, this is this is an, if you know anything about bowling, you're going to think this story's hilarious. If you don't, you won't. I went to a, to bowl with my buddy Rich from Detroit, bass player from the Dead Flowers, and I bowled a 102. A 227. Whoa! That's and, a serious score. And a 97. <laughs> that hurts your average. Back to back to back. There you go. A Seriously, 227 and 97. The blind pig found an acorn, then immediately coughed it up. And when I went up to pay, I was expecting the last time I bowled, it would have cost like $3 each. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That was almost 60 bucks for the four of us to bowl. Oh, yeah. With the rent mm. and the shoes. I thought, this is going to be like $8. I had a $10 bill out. Those jib-jab videos aren't free, Jim. Actually, they are. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.